welcome, Mama. I hope you feel safe, loved and taken care of here. This podcast is all about all things feminine mothering, self-awareness, parenting, love and beauty. All of the amazing things that come with us from parenting these little people. But most of all, I want you to tap into your own feminine goddess self. And this is where I'll share all my wisdom on this subject. Let's deep dive into this and just get stuck in. So I wanted to talk about one of the core differences between the feminine and the masculine and how their energy works, how their thinking works and how their hormones work. So the masculine is linear. It literally goes in a line. Their hormones reset every 24 hours. They're driven by predictability, by routine, by having the same reset every 24 hours. And the feminine is circular. So her hormones reset every month, let's say 30 days, but obviously, as you know, that could be longer. And her hormones are like different every single day depending where she's at in her cycle. And that means that she's like a turning circle. She's always shifting, always changing. And the challenge for mothers at the moment is that we were born into a very masculine society. Our, our Since the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, at the beginning of the early 1900s, we have been as a society, becoming more and more masculine. And even when feminism really came in, all that did, from what I can see, was make more women more masculine and remove their femininity, their their powers per se. And so whilst I agree with some parts of the feminism movement, there's other parts that I think have really challenged us for where we are right now. So once we understand that the masculine focuses on a linear process and does really well with routine and really set things, the feminine is always going to do really so much better with following where she's at and really listening to her body and listening to her heart and listening to her soul. And I spent a lot of today trying to work out how I would explain these differences, like how we could really see them through our children, because I can see it really obviously, but I think for other people who might not have started to understand or realise some of these things that are going on, it would be challenging, right? And so I wanted to bring it back to our children and I can talk about my children as some examples of those as well, but also just having a look at child development, a little bit of the history of child development and how deeply that is impacted by these feminine and masculine beliefs and how I think it's time 
to burn them. <laughs> so I just want you, like, just as a preface, I did teach child development and I have taught all of these theories in detail pretty much till I was like blue in the face for many, many years. It was mostly what I did because I did development and play because they linked together. The development would decide on the play. And then when I had my kids, it just started to feel really weird and really wrong. Um, and definitely over the last few years. So I'll unpack this a little bit more for you now. So child development when you actually go back through and start to find the theories of what we're applying to our kids, let's talk about like how they progress through life. Almost all of these theories, actually pretty much every theory was made by a man and made by a man in the early 1900s at the beginning of the Industrial Revolution. There is some information from the early, from the late 1800s, but I just want to be very clear that there is no new studies on your kids and where they're at developmentally or upgrading of development. New information that comes in is only funded by pharmaceutical companies. You will not find a non-biased study on our kids in this current age. They just don't exist. There was the longitudinal study that was done by, uh, I think it was done by the federal government that I was a part of, um, but I think that might have even finished up because those kids would be 18 or so now. And that would have some relevance. That was a lot to do with stress in the family home and in childcare centres and things like that and in life in general and what impact it had on kids. But nothing that we're doing is driven by that information. The information we're currently using is literally 100 or sometimes 120 years old. And if you think of what was happening in those times, like how could we be basing development off that now. Even the way babies are delivered is um, just so different. So these theories were mostly developed by Piaget, Skinner, Freud, Vygotsky, Erickson. There is kind of like a mixture of all of them to make the developmental profiles, we believe, for each, each sort of age group per se. And the only woman that I really could find, you know, there's a couple of like smaller ones, was Maria Montessori. And the very interesting thing about Maria Montessori was that she um, believed children learned through their senses. And the senses is the feminine. Whereas all of those men believed that development in some way was a linear process. So a straight line. It goes from here to here. Interesting, hey? So those men that developed the developmental theories um, pretty much all believed in some type of linear progress. And I think we need to start talking about the fact that Freud was obsessed with the fact that women didn't have penises and that he thought that they all wanted one. And he was obsessed with like the psychosexual stuff. And a lot of these men didn't 
study women and children or even really go that deeply into the mother-child relationship per se unless it was to look at things from a sexual perspective. So we're basing all of these things that we do with our kids, the toys we buy, the clothes we wear, the schools they go to, on theories developed by men. Now, one would say then, okay, well, the feminine style school of Noria Montessori is going to be the best path to take. And maybe that is for some. I think that in those places, there's still a level of masculinity coming through in the way that those schools have to provide a curriculum like other Australian standards. But anyway, so when we're applying this to our kids, we're applying this linear process. So you'll have all had a baby before. Everyone's going to have seen the child health nurse. If you're in Australia, that's like a lady that you go and see probably every few weeks to start with and then it spreads out as over the year, the first year of your baby's life. And it's often not that fun <laughs> and they're normally pretty critical and they have checklists that they go through and it's very linear focused so it's very much like here is the process we want them to go through this process and your baby needs to tick these boxes and then we know we're meeting the requirements now what's the problem with this many like I mean you know, I've talked to like hundreds like probably thousands of women about this child health nurse system that we have in Australia and I think there's many similar things in all the other countries it's you know what would have been originally set up as a supportive, loving, nurturing system becomes a systematic system and a systematic system is linear, which is very masculine. And even though it's mostly the feminine or women delivering it, they but many of those women are not living in their feminine as they're delivering it. And to protect themselves and to, you know, somewhat protect the mother and child they're making masculine choices when we look at as our kids age everything is based on linear processes sleep walking eating uh, education all of it is linear processes there is almost no circular processes in our children's lives except for when they're with their mother's if they're operating from the feminine. And I think we need to have a really big look at ourselves in terms of this and what the consequences of kids operating in masculine systems, in masculine beliefs, and many women are operating from masculine systems, and that's actually okay you know, when I talk about the masculine and the feminine, I'm not saying that both sides always have some of each in them. And many women are going to feel way more comfortable in this world operating more from the masculine. They're going to feel far more safe and they're going to feel like they're able to provide in a more predictable way. What I'm saying is you could have a stay-at-home dad who possibly operates more from the feminine and you can have a full-time mum who possibly works operates more from the masculine. Neither of those things are bad, but it would be beautiful if that 
full-time working mum can also find ways to tap into her feminine more because we need more feminine femininity that word is always really hard for me to get out <laughs> so when we understand that our children need feminine support to be able to move through life or through time and space as I would often say we would look at how do we infuse our femininity into their lives and quite often when we're seeking external supports let's say like speech therapy or even going to the GP with an illness okay all of those people are making choices from a game from a masculine process of being linear so how does the speech progress in a line over time if a child is sick is their progression in a line getting going up or is it going down okay what that doesn't allow for is the feminine circular processes to support the child I hope I'm making sense I would really love it if this doesn't make any sense or you have questions please send me a DM through Instagram because I chat to so many of you through there already or flick me an email and if you want clarity on anything just let me know because it is a different topic to cover but I really deeply love it and truly believe in it. So I'm hoping that I can help you see the light. And I'm going to give you some examples of how circular processes work so beautifully for our children because I am the feminine part in my marriage and in my home. And I can infuse that because this, when you understand that things are circular, you don't have to fix them in a linear fashion and you completely trust that. You deeply trust that. Now, did I have that to start with? Hell no. And I didn't have that for a very long time. Um, but I definitely have had it for, I would say, sorry, at least a good seven years where I've truly believed in my own magical healing powers for my kids. So I'll give you some examples that might make sense to you or might not. Okay, so let's look at teething. Okay, that's a fabulous one because it's something that seems to be obsessive in society and I think a lot of the time our children are under heaps of stress and heaps of pressure and they're growing new parts of their bodies and teeth are given as a reason for a problem. I personally don't believe in teething, but I feel like people eat me when I say that. So I send you love and grace and all those kinds of things because I believe that teeth are just no different to any other bone and I don't talk about when my kids' toes are growing and they're growing at the same time as teeth. Do they have to erupt through the gums? 100%. I did not feel my wisdom teeth erupt through the gums. I like I don't even know that when my kids have teeth or like I just don't pay any attention to them I'm quite like just not interested in them and they've never caused any problems it's just a trusting and a knowing and like an inherent belief system that growth is just normal it feels good to grow it feels good to be stronger and get bigger and it's just an amazing thing to do and babies are beautiful and incredible and I just kind of stick with that flow I was looking at my little toddler boy he's two and a half 
my Mac um, at the moment. And I think he walked, I actually can't remember, I'm not super great at these things, about one, pretty close to one or maybe just before, maybe just before, maybe a couple of weeks before he turned one. And so he's been walking for ages. He's steady on his feet, all that kind of jazz. Now, remember, I have four kids and he started to tumble and trip over and fall lots and bump his head more than I've ever seen him do it. Okay. And I was just thinking about it today and I was watching him as he tripped over and I was like, that's odd. That's kind of weird. And then my brain was like, no, 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 that's not weird. You've seen this before. So grateful I've had so many to see. And so I've seen it before. (laughs) I understand that development's circular. It's almost like his legs now move faster than his body. And so that makes him trip over all the time. He's like changing speeds. And so his legs are moving differently and all that kind of jazz. I wonder if my kids are going to come up. I can hear them commotioning in the oceaning underneath. They could burst in at any second and then I'd have to stop and start again. And so there's that. And I just go, hmm, it's almost like he's learning to walk again, but at a different speed. There's nothing wrong. I just know that that's a circular, like walking is a circular process. It's great and then it's average and then it's great and then it's average. One of my girls had some, a lot of barriers, like not that there was even, it wasn't a barrier, just some inbuilt stress from learning to read at school, not going in a way that supported her, all totally fine because it's a systematic process and I fully understand that. And there was a lot of stress between both of us about trying to solve that problem and trying to make it work. And the interesting thing is when I had Mac, I stopped trying. Like I was just like, I've got a baby. I can't fucking do this anymore. Do whatever. A year later, I hadn't done any type of like specific reading with her or anything, but like our life is absorbed in literature and stories and and just living She just started reading novels, like just out of nowhere, much later than some of her peers, but now can probably read better than her peers. So, and I just really like after a while, I just left it alone. And the funny thing was she like read two novels and then didn't read for months and then picked it back up and started again because I don't force any of it. I just trust it to be the circular process that it needs to be, that it comes and it goes and it comes and it goes and then it's there and it will stay there, but it might shift a bit. And that development should be always circular. And we keep taking our kids to other people to get answers for them, but the answers are in the inside of us, of the trusting and the knowing. And that's what I really want women women who want to operate from their own feminine space to really, truly understand 
that you have the power to enable your kids and yourself to shapeshift in any way by allowing yourself to be circular. And the more you support yourself to be the feminine goddess that you are, like the feminine mama of your home, the better and easier and more flowy all of this will feel. You will no longer have to push anyone into doing anything. My toddler was crying tonight. He was really sad. He'd fallen asleep in the car and then I took him out. We just have a busy life sometimes and it's not always supportive of him. If you know me well, I do not love crying and neither does anyone else in this house. Like we're very loving and nurturing family. If someone's sad, it really breaks everyone's heart. And he was so sad and I just was sitting and cuddling and saying, it's okay, it's okay, just cuddle mama, just cuddle mama. And it went for a really long time, like over half an hour. And my kids just like can't function. They just can't, like they're just like horrified. They tried every toy, every lovely food, everything, and nothing would help him. He just needed a little bit more time. And after a while, they just went and tidied up. I went and tidied up all of the spaces that we do every night, the kitchen, the shoe area, the homeschool area, their bedrooms, they put away their washing. And by the time they'd done that, he was better. And I didn't have to like shout, throw a tantrum or like be anything. They just looked at me and knew what I needed support with. At that point, they didn't need me to play with, need need them to play with their brother I need them to support me. And so that's the circular processes that we're looking for. And when you operate from your feminine, when you take care of you, when you operate from a space of like using all of your senses, your smell, your touch, your taste, like all of it to just like operate from there, everyone will shape shift all the time to higher places and better spaces so there's something new for today and that went for longer than I anticipated but I hope it's given you some new thoughts and new ideas about what to do next love you